0: Hey, whether your 2018 was awesome or it was the crappiest year you've logged yet, uh, we're glad you're here and we want to talk today about something that we think can make this coming year something awesome. And that's this idea of my one word. If you've been with us for the last few years, uh, this is not anything new. We've talked about this, this concept before. Uh, if you're new to this, uh, I hope you're able to grab on because we really do Think that one word can change your life over the course of a year. So, we're going to dig in. Have you ever known somebody over the course of your life that you would say they never met their potential? They never lived into their full potential. Just show of hands this morning, who has known somebody like that? You don't have to look awkwardly at your spouse or your, you know, or your kids. But maybe maybe as a parent... Right, you look at your kids and you say, oh, like, <sighs> really? Right, we have this idea that, oh, this person could be so much more. This person could be so much better than they are. You know, maybe they made some decisions and, and we say, oh, that's where it went off the rails. They could have been better than this. We have this vision for what others' lives could look like. We have this ideal future in mind for other people. Right? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your parents. You know, maybe it's your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. And we do this with people that we that we know and love, but we also do this with with people that aren't even real, right? We do this with fictional characters. Do I have any uh, Team Edward or Team Jacob people in the house today? Okay, no, apparently not. <laughs> But, right, we, we look at celebrities or we look at, at characters in movies and we're like, oh, no, no, you shouldn't have done that. Why you, you know, why are you with what's your what? You should have been with so-and-so and, you know, like you'd be so much better off. Right? And we, we, we have this ideal version of, of their lives as well. We think, oh, well, they would be so much happier if they would just do this. We think, oh, they could be more. But we don't just do this for others, we do this in our own lives as well. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, I could be more than this? Or you stare at that reflection and you say, this isn't the person that I set out to become. I don't recognize this person. I, I could be better than this. I could be more than this. And sometimes, that's a negative, sometimes it's a positive. On the positive side, when we look at ourselves and we say, oh, well, I could be more than this, we let it motivate us to grow and to learn and to change and to become something better, to become something more. We pursue excellence in various areas of our lives. It could be a negative thing, and as we stare at our reflection, we say, oh, I could be more than this, or this isn't who I set out to become, and we let regret fester, and we, and we get upset, and we think, oh, Maybe we blame others. but, But it's this idea that we aren't living into who we could be or who we should be. We put these standards on ourselves, whether real or imagined, that we come up with or other people come up with for us. And we say, well, this is what my ideal life could look like. And I think that's a lot of what fuels people's uh, habit of coming up with new year's resolutions anybody in the room ever in your life come up with a new year's resolution whether you wrote it down or you just you said to yourself next year i'm going to and i think we do that because we look over our lives from this past year and we say well that wasn't that wasn't the best me so in the coming year I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing to get a little bit closer to being the person that I think I could be or that I should be. We say, in the new year, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to try a new wardrobe. I'm going to get a haircut. You know, we say, I'm going to get better grades. I'm going to get fewer detentions. I'm going to travel more. We say, I'm going to spend less time at the bar, more time with my friends and family. I'm going to spend fewer hours on Netflix and more hours reading a good book. We say, I'm going to stop smoking. We say, I'm going to start smoking. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) Gandalf does it and he makes it look pretty cool, right? I'll just say, don't make that your resolution, please. (laughs) But we come up with all these things that we think will make our lives look like they should. Do you think God ever looks at us and says, they're better than this? Do you think God looks at us and says, oh, they could be so much more? Now, maybe you've heard, maybe you've said the phrase, God loves me just the way I am. Anybody ever heard that before? We say, God loves me just the way I am. And that's true. right? When we say that, what we mean is you don't have to have all your crap together to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You don't have to clean up all the dirty spots. You don't have to do this, that, and the other thing before God will accept you. Because the, the bottom line of the gospel is none of us will ever be able to do anything good enough for God to accept us on our own strengths he accepts Jesus. That's, that's the gospel. We'll never be good enough. Jesus is good enough, and he lets us, us in on his credit. So when we say God loves me just the way I am, that's what we're talking about. What we don't mean is God loves me just the way I am, so I never have to grow, change, or do anything else, because God loves me just the way I am, right? It's true that God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to let you stay that way. So God has a vision for our lives. And you think, well, hey, that sounds complicated. You're like, man, resolutions, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. You're like, God has a vision for my life. I don't know if I'm going to like what you're about to say, Josh. Isn't there just like a quick fix that I can just, I can become the ideal person like that? And I have good news this morning. Yes, yes, there is. It's called It's called, it helps if I turn the thing on first. It's called Bitmoji. That's right. That's right. So you say, hey, in the new year, I think I'd like to be a portly gentleman. Boop. You can be a portly gentleman or gal, you know, whatever. You say, hey, I want to lose about 50 pounds. Okay. I want to lose a little bit more. There we go. It's that easy. It really is that easy. Check it out. You're like, I want to try a new hairdo. I personally think I could rock that. I could rock that look. I, could, <laughs> I think I could do that. Right? You say, you know what? I think this year, 2019, that's going to be the year of the beard. The yeard. That's a, that's a thing. We're going to start that now. That's a year of the beard, right? And you say, well, I don't want to just, like, get this, like, 70s, you know, cat mustache thing. I, I don't want that. I want that. I want to go, like, halfway Santa Claus, right? Boop. It's that easy. It's that, no, it isn't, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we could, if we could change our lives just that easy, right? Would anybody be like, sign me up? Yeah, <laughs> says probably, I don't, I'm not sure who said it, but they sound like they're probably among the younger people in here. <laughs> it only gets better. <laughs> we like quick fixes, but guess what? The ideal you isn't a quick fix. God's vision for our lives is not a quick fix. And in fact, if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, first of all, we're glad that you're hanging out with us today. Uh, Welcome to Radiant Life. But this might be one of those things that makes you glad you're not a Jesus follower. And you're like, okay, (laughs) this is going to be a lot easier uh, doing it my way. Because guess what? God calls us to raise the bar in our lives. He calls us to a higher standard. His vision for us is not a quick fix. We're going to do a sprint through several verses in the Bible. Now, several of these were written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a guy who hated Jesus' followers, then he became one. He set out to destroy the church, and then God used him to be one of the primary architects of the church in the first century. And as he started churches, he wrote letters to them to help them process what it means to to follow Jesus. So we're going to read some of what he wrote we're going to also look at some of what John, one of Jesus' disciples, wrote. Now, if you're one of those people, that you're a note taker, you like to you know, have all the references so that tomorrow you can go through and make sure that I'm not just making stuff up, which I actually encourage you to do. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today. Don't ever just take our word for it. Just because we have a microphone doesn't, doesn't give us any sort of extra ability to never jack stuff up. Right? I would encourage you over the course of the week, take the scriptures that we use here and dig into them. Say, well, okay, what, is, what does scripture say? Paul encouraged the early church to test everything that they heard. Right, So if you're like, hey, I want to do that. This week, that's what my quiet time is going to be. I want to dig through that. Well, if you have the version app, you can log on there. All the scripture references are going to be in there. There are going to be a handful of them. If you're really fast at taking notes, you can jot it down. Otherwise, catch me after the service, and I can I can let you know the, the passages that we used. But again, we're going to kind of sprint through these to try to catch God's vision for our lives. Paul wrote this to the church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Stop right there. That doesn't sound very pleasant. So all, all of you here that aren't Jesus followers, you're like, I'd rather not be a sacrifice of any kind, living or otherwise, uh, Thank you very much. Let sacrifice. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Paul saying, hey, Jesus followers, guess what? Your life is going to be one that's marked by transformation. Does Jesus love you just the way you are? Yes, but that's going to change. He's going to transform you. So we can't just get by on, oh, I'm, I'm never going to change because God is just going to always love me the way he is. He's calling you to something more than that. He's calling you to something better than that. Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He says, hey, yes, God loved you, even when you were like a a dirt bag, right? Paul wrote that to the church in Rome. He said, Jesus came and died for you when we were enemies of God, right? We didn't have to get all our crap together first. He loved us. He came and died for us, even when we were our old self. He says, but now, now that you're following Jesus, you've got to put on the new self. It's a transformation, He says, righteousness, holiness, holiness. That Holy means set apart. He says, you're going to be something different. Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Maybe your version says patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. I don't think Paul chose that accidentally. If I plant an apple seed in my backyard, I don't have an apple tree bearing fruit tomorrow. Fruit takes time. It's something that grows and develops, I think, in the same way. Paul is saying, hey, those of you that follow Jesus, by virtue of following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And over time, as you let the Holy Spirit guide you and craft you into the person He's called you to be, this is what your life is going to look like. He didn't say, hey, the magical tomorrow you're going to be fixed of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This takes time. It's a process. What's God's vision for our lives? This. But it takes time. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. When we come to Jesus, we are something new. He makes us into something new. We are a new creation. Does Jesus love us just the way we are? Yes, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. John, one of Jesus' 12 core followers, one of his disciples, he wrote this. Whoever claims to live in him, whoever claims to be a Jesus follower, must live as Jesus did. So what's God's vision for Jesus' followers? That we would live like Jesus. Jesus himself said this, and John, that same guy, he recorded these words for us in John 13. Jesus says, a new command I give you, and he's speaking to his followers here. And by extension, he's speaking to us. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. He doesn't say, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you make it to church two or three times a month. By this, they will know you're my disciples, if you tithe on a regular basis. By this, they will know that you're my disciples, if you participate in life groups in the missional community. By this, they will know that you're my disciples, if you help out in the the kid ministry, or you help in the cafe, or you're a curbside greeter, All of those are good things. But he says you want people to know that you are a follower of Jesus? You have to love them. You have to love people. And you have to love people the way God loved you. How did God love us? Again, he came and and died for us, came and sacrificed everything for us. When we were his enemies, he loves us unconditionally, sacrificially. And I don't know about you, but I haven't mastered that yet. I'm still a work in progress. I don't always love people the way that Jesus loved people. I don't always love people the way Jesus loves me. So I've got some work to do. What is God's vision for our life? He calls us to love others. He calls us to live like him. Now wouldn't it be really handy... Like if we could come up with just like a really you know, concise way to say that, you know, to just sum that stuff up, do you think we could come up? Well, yeah, yeah, we could. All right, We didn't come up with this. Jesus came up with this. What's God's vision for our lives? That we would live like Jesus and that we would share his love. That we would exhibit all those fruits of the spirit that Paul talks about as he's writing to the church in Galatia. And that's a process. It's not a quick fix. So, God has this vision for our lives. And that's why today we want to talk about this idea about my one word. Again, if you've been with us for the last few years, this is is not a, a brand new concept. But it's this idea of taking one word rather than a list of resolutions that, statistically speaking, you're going to flake off on by the middle of February. Right? It's taking one word. And letting God use that one word in 2019 to change your life. My one word. We say, okay, well, well why? You, you, you just hit on it a little bit, right? Well, again, if God has a vision for our lives, we need to figure out, well, how do we get from where I currently am to where God wants me to be? We talk a lot about next steps here at Reading Life. And we think that applies to this as well. Because we achieve God's vision for our lives one step at a time. Right? It's not that quick fix. It's not wake up tomorrow morning and everything is going to be the way it should be. It's going to take time. It's a transformation process. This is a process that takes a lifetime. And that's all right. So we achieve God's vision for our lives one step at a time, and we believe that we can find our next steps one word at a time. You say, okay, well, hey, I need, I need next steps to try to get to where God wants me to be, right? I'm here. God wants me to go over here. He wants me to love people the way he loves them. He wants me to live like Jesus. He wants me to be, you know, have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the whole list. He wants me to have that. How do I get from here to here one step at a time? Okay, well, how do I know what my next steps are? One practical tool, my one word. My one word. This is going to give us focus. Why one word? Focus. This lets you lose that long list of resolutions. Again, you're, you're, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to insult you, but you're not going to keep them anyways. So don't don't even bother with that. You come up with one word. You focus on that, and you let that one word. Transform your heart, right? A list of resolutions is about behavior modification. Well, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, I guess I got to exercise more. You know, I got, to, I got to eat healthy and I got to do this, right? We're trying to change behaviors. That's not what my one word is about. My one word is about getting to the heart of the issue. Jesus showed up on earth, right? And everything that he did, he said, oh, you think it's like this? You think it's, oh, just don't exhibit this behavior? No, I'm telling you it's about the heart, and in the same way, we might hey, well, oh, hey, to be the ideal me, I need to do this, 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 and change all these behaviors. God to say no. You need to start with the heart, and that's what my one word allows us to do. Why one word? Because it gives us a laser focus, and it lets us just marinate on something and let it transform our heart. I say, well, what does that mean? Okay, let's take take a word. Uh, The word patience. Maybe your word for the year is going to be patience. Right? You say, okay, well, behavior modification would say, well, I need to work on patience. So that means as I interact with people, I need to be more patient. I need to exercise my patience muscles. Because these people are jerks, and I just need to, you know, even though they're a jerk, I need to be patient with them. That's behavior modification heart transformation says this you sit there and you hang out with god and you say lord what do you want me to what do you want me to learn about patience what do you want me to change in my life to reflect a more godly characteristic like patience and it might be that god has to expose to you in your heart the reason you are impatient We say, oh, these people are jerks. I need to exercise patience. God is saying, no, you're a jerk. Right? I think the Holy Spirit says that to us sometimes. But he says, you need to deal with the things in your heart that are making you impatient with people. Does that make sense? We're not just changing the behavior. We're getting to the heart of the matter. Laser focus, get to the heart. You say, okay, great, that's that's awesome, Josh. So how do I go about coming up with one word? There are a lot of words that I could pick from. Personally, I was I was tempted to go with the word taco. <coughs> but I didn't. I'll, I mean, you know. If that's what you opt for, though, um, I'll, I'll green stamp that. I'll give you, uh, I think that'll make it count. You have to. Buy me a taco, I think, is we'll just we'll make that deal right there. She says how do I how do I pick my word? Well, first and foremost, spend time with God. Right? If if the idea behind my one word is we're going to catch God's vision for what our life could and should be, God is the one that's going to give that to us. And he needs to be an active participant in that. And for that to happen, we need to let him be an active participant in that. So spend time with God. Make sure you're having a quiet time where you're saying, hey, Lord, what do you want to do in me in 2019? And now I know we're only a couple days away from 2019, right? This doesn't mean that by by Tuesday you have to have your word. Be like, oh, I can't start the year without word. This might be something you take the entire month of January and you hang out with God and you say, Lord, what do you want my word to be? What do you want my word to be this year? How do you want to transform my heart in 2019? But now, for those of you that like, you know, like a a a nice, you know, clear-cut four-step plan, I'm going to give you four practical steps that can help in the process. How do you get your word? Maybe you sit down and you write this out. Maybe you verbalize it. Maybe you get together with a close friend. And you talk through some of these things. You say, what kind of person do I want to become in 2019? How do, what, kind of a, what kind of a person exhibits all of those, those things that we see that God calls us to? That? What kind of a person lives out God's vision in their life? And then we say, well, again, getting to the heart of the issue, what drives you to become that person? maybe the kind of person that you want to become this year is you know, a professional athlete and you say all right i want to be like that, that's the that's the person i want to become i'm going to be a pro athlete 2019 yeah there's nothing wrong with that but then you go to this step and you say well what drives your desire to be that kind of person well i want to be rich and famous and that there are other reasons for being a professional athlete than just being rich and famous but I'm saying this lets you dig in and maybe you say, hey, well, I want to be rich and famous. Well, why do you want to be rich and famous? Well, because I, I, really, I really need people's attention to, to, to validate, you know, myself and to feel like I'm doing good and I need this and that. Do you see how it lets you kind of get deeper and deeper? It's not just, well, hey, you know what? 2019, I want to be a professional athlete. Let's go. Boom. Right out of the gate, you're getting into the heart of the matter. What kind of person do you want to be and why? Why do you want to be that kind of person? And then you take some time and you describe the characteristics of that person. You say, you know what? The person that I want to be is this. And, then you, and you write out a description. And based on that description, you make a list of words. You say, oh, well, I'm going to kind of sum this up in, you know, 10, 12 words, maybe 6, maybe 4, maybe 3. But you make that list of words and then from that list you pick one. And then once you have your word... You find a verse to go with it. Now, if you're here this morning, you're not a Jesus follower, you can do all that stuff, right? You can do that stuff, right? You probably don't need to find a verse because you can, though. You can. But again, this is something that if if you want to change your life, you pick that word based on who you want to be in the next year. Describe the characteristics, make a list of words, pick a word, find a verse. Does that make sense? I kind of, I arrived at my word sort of accidentally like this. Uh, It was probably a month ago. I was at a funeral. A buddy of mine, his dad passed away. And I was sitting in this funeral, hundreds of people at this funeral. And as I'm listening to people talk about this guy that had passed away, I was like, man, like I hope when I kick it, like people say crap like that about me. And then, as I as I as I left the funeral, I drove home. I was up in the Grand Rapids area. I drove home. And I just continued to think about it, think about it, think about it. And then, as time goes on, I let it kind of distill down, and and I was able to sum it up. And we like, well, what's what is it about this guy that right now, like, it's just that really draws me to be like that. And so you spend that time processing through. Well, well was it this? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And then finally, I arrived at oh, I think this sums it up right here in this one word, and that was how I got my one word. So then I go and check it. I say, hey, well, is there is there any sort of like biblical you know basis for that to where I could say, oh yeah, hey, this this could be something that would be in line with God's vision for who I could and should be. And so I did that. I said, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There it is. So then I've got my word. I've got my verse pretty practical, easy steps. If you want to jot those down, take a picture of it. But that's one way. You don't have to get that way. Maybe you're just going gonna to be hanging out with Jesus one morning. And he's going to be like, hey, you know what? This is your word. This is what you got to do in 2019. That's all right, too. This is not like a, a magical formula. It's just one way to approach this whole concept of my one word. So we say, okay, why one word? Because it gives you focus, because it lets you get to the heart of the matter. How do I pick it out? Well, there's one option. Then you say, okay, well, I've, I've got my word now. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? Well, I think one of the, one of the big things is, first and foremost, you keep it in front of you. You jot it down on a three-by-five index card, which if you don't have a three-by-five index card at home, I've got a stack of them back there. Are they still back there, Jonathan? I can't see back that far. There's a stack of index cards on the sound booth. If you want to grab one of those as you leave, just to make sure you've got one, write your word on one side, big, bold, sharpie marker it. Then on the other side, you can write your verse. Keep it in front of you. Tape it to your mirror in your bathroom. So every morning, you're staring at that word. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your desk at work. So as you go through your day, you constantly have that word in front of you. Keep it in front of you. Let that be a lens through which you view life, through which you view all of your interactions with other people. And then you let the Holy Spirit kind of check you as he needs to. Right? Because the issue is heart transformation. It's not just you stare at that word and think, okay, how can I be more patient? How can I be more patient? How can I be more patient? It's keeping it in front of you, and then as the Holy Spirit brings things to mind, you say, oh, okay, okay. So I had I had arrived at my word a few weeks ago. Last week during our Christmas Eve Eve services. I had an individual two times they approached me. My my word, my word for the year is is present. Not like Christmas present, but present, like actually being present. This may come as a shock to those of you that that know me, so just prepare yourselves. I am an easily distracted individual. I, I'll give you a minute to recover. Just, for those of you that have never met me before, you just learned something about the bald guy. So I, I am easily distracted. I will, I will usually find myself, no matter what I'm doing, right, part of my brain is always on the next thing, the next two things, the next three things, or I see something shiny and I'm just gone, Right? So God put on my heart the word, the word present. That in my interactions with people, with my kids, with, with people here on a Sunday morning, with anybody that I meet in the community, that I'm actually there. And you say, well, okay, well, what, what verse did you use for that? We just came out of Christmas season where we, we hear this talk of Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. The whole point of Jesus' thing was to come and actually be with us. If that's how Jesus lived, and I'm supposed to live like Jesus, I did actually be present. So last week during one of our Christmas Eve Eve services, as we were getting ready to come up here and do our little jammy jam with the buckets, which my finger is still sore, <laughs> that was nuts. As we were preparing to come up here to do that, I had, I had two different times with the same guy during this service. He tried to engage me in conversation. He's like, hey, hey, I got to tell you this story about something. I, was, I wasn't going to be a And I was like, oh, hey, 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 I got I to gotta go do this thing. I got to go do this thing. And the Holy Spirit says to me as I'm walking away from this guy, really? He says, you think what you've got to go do is more important than having this conversation? I was like, Lord, I've got I to gotta go do this, i got to go do this, i got to go do this. So that's my word for the year. And I obviously haven't mastered it yet. You know, in the you know, week or two that I had that as my word. <laughs> but here's the thing, here's the key from what I was just saying. The Holy Spirit will bring that word to mind when you need that word brought to mind. The trick then is listening to what he tells you. Because I got caught up in what I was doing. So no, so, no, 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 I gotta I gotta go. Holy Spirit is saying, dude, you gotta you gotta make time. Make time. I'm like, no Lord, Lord you know what I gotta do? I gotta go in a bucket. I gotta go in a bucket, Lord. <laughs> we choose how we respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Our job is to focus. And then obey. Let the Holy Spirit show us what he's going to show us in regards to our one word. But then as he prompts us, we need to obey. Otherwise, it's not heart transformation. Then it's just a three-by-five card with a word and a verse written on it. And that doesn't do a whole lot of good. It's a heart issue. Now, the three-by-five card, that can be a great reminder. But you got to let it affect your heart. Now, this whole idea of My One Word and worship team, if you guys want to come on up, this whole idea of My One Word was started by a pastor in North Carolina named Mike Ashcraft. And he wrote this in his book, My One Word. I really like this. this The goal this year is not for you to swear you'll do better at this or for you to promise you'll never again do that. The aim is to use your one word to get into a focused posture and remain there while you depend on Christ. It's not behavior modification. It's not you saying, oh, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to to be present. It's you focusing on that word and saying, Lord, what do you want to do? And then let him do it. When he says, hey, hey, this is what I want you to do with that. Respond. He will bring us closer to his vision for our lives one step at a time. What is the one word for you in 2019 that is going to bring you one step closer to what he's calling you to? Hang out with Jesus. Let him show you what his word is for you this year. And then as you take that word, get into that place of focus and dependence on Jesus. And let him do the work. Let him transform you into that new creation. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for not letting us just stay the way we were. Lord, I don't know about anyone else here, but the way I was, wasn't real great. Lord, I pray that as we go into 2019, that this would be a year of breakthrough in lives. Lord, as we let you transform us into the creation you have made us to be, as we take one step closer to your vision for what our lives are could be, soften our hearts, Lord, to to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts, Lord, to obey as you prompt us and as you shape us. Father God, we love you. Again, may 2019 be a year that we look back on and say, that was the